0: Yora, and welcome to Requisite Words. I'm Peter Ravlich, and you're listening to a podcast about poetry. It's been a turbulent year for so many, including myself. As the many winds of 2020 billow around us, poetry can offer one source of comfort. By allowing us to indulge in enduring imagery that has weathered the centuries, remaining as potent now as when quill first touched paper. Today I'd like to share pieces by Sir Philip Sidney and Christopher Marlowe, two of Shakespeare's contemporaries. Sir Philip Sidney's Astrophil and Stella was written around the 1580s. It's considered one of the finest sonnet sequences of the period alongside Shakespeare's, The name astrophil comes from the Greek Philane, which is lover of a star, while stella, the beloved, unsurprisingly, means star. Astrophil is the speaker of the sequence, and sees stella as his perfect partner. Complication comes first in the form of unrequited feelings, followed by her marrying another, before beginning to reciprocate his love and the dramatic results as that situation unfolds. Sonnet One by Sir Philip Sidney Loving in truth, and fain in verse my love to show, That she, dear she, might take some pleasure of my pain. Pleasure might cause her read, reading might make her know, Knowledge might pity win, and pity grace obtain. I sought fit words to paint the blackest face of woe, Studying inventions fine, her wits to entertain, Oft turning others' leaves, to see if thence would flow Some fresh and fruitful showers upon my sunburned brain. But words came halting forth, Wanting invention's stay. Invention, nature's child, Fled stepdame study's blows, And others' feet Still seemed but strangers in my way. Thus great with child to speak, And helpless in my throes, Biting my truant pen, Beating myself for spite, Fool, Said my muse to me, Look in thy heart and write. I've modified this next poem very slightly, because I wanted to borrow Sidney's sentiment here, but the speaker of perhaps his most apt piece was misgendered for my reading. Song from Arcadia My true love hath my heart. My true love hath my heart, And I have hers. By just exchange, One for the other given. I hold her dear, And mine she cannot miss. There never was a bargain better driven. Her heart in me Keeps me and her in one. My heart in her Her thoughts and senses guides. She loves my heart, For once it was her own. I cherish hers, Because in me it bides. Her heart her wound Received from my sight. My heart was wounded With her wounded heart. For as from me On her, her hurt did light, So still, methought, in me her hurt did smart. Both equal hurt, in this change sought our bliss, My true love hath my heart, and I have hers. I've always enjoyed this next piece from the Astrophil and Stella sequence, in which the speaker, Astrophil, has competed in and won a tournament, and reflects on the reason for his victory. It's a nice depiction of the primacy of love as motivator, for those within its purview. Astrophil and Stella 41 Having this day, my horse, my hand, my lance... Having this day my horse, my hand, my lance Guided so well that I obtained the prize Both by the judgment of the English eyes And of some scent from that sweet enemy France Horsemen, my skill in horsemanship advance Townfolks, my strength A daintier judge applies his praise to slight Which from good use doth rise. Some lucky wits impute it but to chance. Others, because of both sides I do take My blood from them who did excel in this, Think nature me a man of arms did make. How far they shot awry. The true cause is, Stella looked on, And from her heavenly face sent forth the beams which made so fair my race. I hadn't read a lot of Marlowe until recently, but I'd like to share his Hero and Leander on a future episode. It's a significantly longer poem that's packed full of classical allusions and mythology that deserves some unpacking. But for now, I thought I'd share the final stanza. From Hero and Leander by Christopher Mallow It lies not in our power to love or hate For will in us is overruled by fate When two are stripped, long ere the course begin We wish that one should lose The other win. And one especially do we affect. Of two gold ingots like in each respect. The reason no man knows. Let it suffice. What we behold is censured by our eyes. Where both deliberate. The love is slight. Who ever loved, that loved not at first sight? I'd like to conclude this episode with a really simple, beautiful poem by Christopher Marlowe. It's a litany of offerings to the beloved, but rooted in the fundamental pleasures of the pastoral context. In essence, it's simply an offering of self, because these are the things that the shepherd-speaker represents and aspires to. There's no begging, no coercion, or bargaining, or railing against fate. It's simply an offer of who he is, and can hope to be. And that has, I think, some timeless appeal. The Passionate Shepherd to His Love by Christopher Marlowe Come, live with me, and be my love. And we will all the pleasures prove, That valleys, groves, hills, and fields, Woods or steepy mountain yields. And we will sit upon the rocks, Seeing the shepherds feed their flocks, By shallow rivers to whose falls Melodious birds sing madrigals. AND I WILL MAKE THEE BEDS OF ROSES AND A THOUSAND FRAGRANT POSIES, A CAP OF FLOWERS AND A kirtle EMBROIDERED ALL WITH LEAVES OF MYRTLE. A GOWN MADE OF THE FINEST WOOL, WHICH FROM OUR PRETTY LAMBS WE PULL, FAIR LINED SLIPPERS FOR THE COLD, WITH BUCKLES OF THE PUREST GOLD a belt of straw and ivy buds, with coral clasps and amber studs. And if these pleasures may thee move, come live with me and be my love. The shepherd's swains shall dance and sing for thy delight each May morning. If these delights thy mind may move, then live with me. And be my love. Requisite Words is an Inklings production. Find out more at inklings.co.nz or follow us on Twitter at Requisite Words. Opening music is Be Chillin' by Alexander Nakarada. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to give us a review on your favourite podcast app and let us know what you'd like to hear more of.